if you're just jumping on, if you're watching by replay, uh, hopefully the quality is better today. Hopefully the sound is good and hopefully I don't uh, break up too bad. I've been <clears throat> breaking up on Sunday mornings for some reason. So I may have to, uh, pick a different time to do this. Had trouble last week for sure. Um, getting stuff to work. <laughs> so I decided to just rest. Um, but, uh, anyway, I want to talk about ascension, transition, and vision. I want to talk about alchemy. I want to talk about mysticism. I want to talk about the spirit and experiencing God and experiencing the spirit. So still, uh, getting the cobwebs out this morning, <laughs> meaning the cobwebs out of my brain. Um, trying to think about where to start. I guess I'll start by uh, just announcing that I'm ready to, um, you know, I've, I've been in this transition, especially for the last year. And in a lot of ways, um, and, and I'm in no way trying to affirm the pandemic is a good thing, but in a lot of ways, what resulted from the pandemic for me was really good because I've been in this place of transition as I know many of you have been in this place of transition for a while. Hey Robert. Um, hey Nick. Hi April. Mr. Rodriguez. I'm not sure how to say your first name there, bro. I'm sorry. Um, or maybe you're not a man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but it's good to see you. Um, so I've, I've been in this place of transition for quite a while and I'm going to, I'm going to open with, um, a Bible verse. Now I know I'm, I've been kind of hard on the Bible, but the truth is I, I've just been hard on fundamentalism, or as I have a friend that used to say, used to call it fundamentalism. <laughs> but I really don't have a problem with the Bible when you just let the Bible be what the Bible is. Um, and so to kind of explain this, and I didn't grab my Bible, so I'm going to try and look it up online here. Give me just a second because I want to get the reference correct and I'm just going to take my time this morning um so hopefully that'll that'll work for all of you let's see I want the new king james version and I'm, it's in first john chapter 5 and I think I forget the reference which is bad for me but one of my life verses that has been a life verse for me for about, I was thinking about it, it started in 2008, I think. Uh, yeah, it's 1 John 5, verse 20. It's a pretty obscure verse. I'm pretty sure there's nobody out there that says, oh, yeah, that's my that's my life, verse 2. <laughs> Anna says, I got my coffee. I got mine, too. I'm trying to wake up a little bit here. But I want to read this verse to you. 1 John 5, 20, it says, and we know that the Son of God has come. And has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son Jesus Christ. This is true God and eternal life. Now, the English translation misses some things here that's in the Greek. Uh, when it says the, the, the son of God has come, in the Greek tense there, it means he has come and remains and abides among us. So John is not talking here about the historical flesh and blood person of Jesus. He's talking about the Christ spirit. He's talking about the presence of Christ abiding with us. But look what he says. He says he has come to give us an understanding. The word there in the Greek means a way of thinking and feeling, not just understanding something in a cognitive sense. But grasping something with your whole being, with your, with both sides of the brain, and I'm going to talk about that. You've got the left side of the brain, and you can remember the way the left side of the brain functions with the L. It's, it's logical, it's linear, it's, uh, cognitive, it's language. So language, logic, linear, that's the left side. And then you've got the right side of the brain, which is emotion, imagination, music. It's kind of, uh, the spiritual side of things. And so this encompasses both. Uh, it, it gives us an understanding. It gives us a way of thinking and feeling that we may know him who is true. And this is the important part. We are in him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God. This is the true God or this union, this place of union, which the word mysticism or mystical simply means 
to experience or to know by experience union with God. Now, the interesting thing about the words here is that it uses the word gnosis. Now, for at least 1,700 years, the Orthodox Church has beat the crap out of Gnostics. We like to use the term Gnostic as something to throw around as a pejorative to condemn someone as a heretic. But gnosis is all throughout the Bible. And gnosis is simply this. It is to know something by experience or it's to have experiential knowledge of something. And so what John is saying here is that the Son of God has come to give us a gnosis about truth, to give us an experiential knowledge about truth, not not just linear, logical language knowledge, which is a lot of the problem with fundamentalism and a lot of problem that with, with the way we look at the Bible. And again, I don't have a problem with the Bible like I feel like I need to throw it out. I just am okay with letting the Bible be what the Bible is. <laughs> and what the Bible is is not something that's to be taken literally and necessarily even historically and mess people up. But there is, I think, inspiration and guidance and truth in the Bible. But I want you to see here that John says very clearly at the end of First John here that the Son of God has come to bring us into gnosis, to bring us into this experiential knowledge. Paul says something similar in Philippians. Let me find it. Paul says something similar here. He talks about who he was. He says in verse 3, well, verse 2, he says, Beware of the dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. He's talking about the fundamentalists. He's talking about the Bible thumpers, the legalists, and he calls them dogs. He calls them evil workers. He, he says that they, uh, the mutilation, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh, though I myself might also have confidence in the flesh. Now, when he's talking about the flesh, he's not talking about your bodily functions or your desires here. Watch what he's talking about. If anyone thinks he has confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law or the scriptures, you could say. A Pharisee, meaning that he knew the Torah inside and out. He knew the prophets. He knew the Psalms. He knew the scriptures. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is of the law, blameless. So he's saying, not only did I study the scriptures, but I integrated the scriptures into my life. I integrated the law. I integrated the Torah. I was living this. I was walking this. I was breathing this. I was doing this. <clears throat> and then he says, but what things were gained to me, those I've counted lost for Christ. Now watch this. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge or gnosis of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I am suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is through the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, watch this, that I may know him, <coughs> that I may know him, gnosis, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained or I'm already made perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me. So forgetting all that knowledge and all that stuff that made him who he was as a Pharisee. He says, I forget about all that. And this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me, I reach forward towards those things that are ahead. I press towards the prize. For the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What is that upward call of God? He wanted gnosis. He wanted experiential knowledge. So you could substitute the term mystic or mysticism for gnosis. Knowledge of the truth. Knowledge of reality. Knowledge of God that you gain by experience. Not because, not secondhand experience. Not because somebody told you about it. Not because you went to Bible study. Not because somebody told you how to think but because you yourself have engaged in the Spirit enough that you arrive at this level of gnosis and experiential knowledge. So that for John and for Paul, the entire Christian life can be summed up in the term gnosis. Now, there were a lot of Gnostic Christians that were around the same time... <laughs> 
the same time as what we have with the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and of course John's gospel, but there were, we know now for sure, and we have copies of them now for sure, thanks to the Nag Hammadi library, that there were a lot of Gnostics, there were a lot of people that were approaching God not from this Hebraic, Jewish, law-keeping, Old Testament, Yahweh perspective, but understood that Jesus came to open up for them this pathway to Gnosis. That's what both Paul and John are saying in the Bible, in the scriptures that we have, that Jesus came to open up this pathway for Gnosis, for experiential knowledge and experiential understanding. Now, I've been clinging to those verses, or I started clinging and engaging praying through those verses back in about 2008. I didn't start deconstructing until about 2010, 2011, and it really didn't kick into high gear until about 2016. And it's been a a process that has taken many, many years. This last year, with being shut down, some of it by choice, because we could have opened up church a lot sooner, but I wasn't ready to go back because I was still in this process. We call this process deconstruction. Um, some are calling it reconstruction, remodeling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me. All I can do is speak to my own process. A couple of weeks ago, if you watched the videos that Derek Day and I do, um, we talked about alchemy uh, a few weeks ago. It's a great discussion that we had. We talked about the stages of alchemy. And alchemy is an ancient spiritual science that is not only about messing with chemicals and breaking down the different elements of the chemicals and trying to create something new or turn lead into gold in an exterior or external sense. But it was also a spiritual science that talked about your own personal transformation And that transformation or the attainment of that transformation was the attainment of your own godhood, of your own apotheosis, taking the lead in you, if you will, and and transforming that into gold, and that gold being that divine nature. So it speaks to and lends itself to these verses that I'm talking about from John and from Philippians, or 1 John 5.20 and Philippians chapter 3. And so... Sometimes, sometimes, I I thank God for new things, and I believe there are new things, and I believe we're in a new age, and I believe there's there's progress coming, but sometimes it's it's good to build on what's been proven, what other human beings have discovered down through the ages. And so in the alchemical process, this process of transformation, they talk about various stages, and they assign these stages colors. And the first stage in the Latin, the Latin word for the first stage, is negrito. Negrito. And it's assigned the color black. And this stage is the stage of shadow work. This stage is the stage of disorientation, deconstruction. And it's good. It's a necessary part. In fact, it's the very beginning of it. And they would connect it to Genesis chapter 1. In fact, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth, hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and light was, and God separated the light from the darkness, and all that stuff. That really is the first stage of transformation, of any real quality transformation, the first stage of alchemy, the first stage of gnosis, if you will. But what's interesting is it's an alchemical text because in alchemy you had five elements. You had the earth, wind, fire, and water. And then you had this fifth element, which is really consciousness or or the quintessence the substance that stood behind all of reality. I'll get into that in a second. And so you see all five of these things at the very beginning because the word for spirit there could be the word for wind. The idea of hovering is like a bird. So so you have air. You have water. It's hovering over the face of the deep, the waters. You have the earth. 
And then God says, let there be light. And so light is fire. So you have the fire. And then you have the presence of God, the vibration of God, the sound of God, the consciousness of God, the word. That's the quintessence. So you have all five elements and you see God transforming the earth, right? Transforming the earth. But it says in the beginning, there was darkness and the earth was without form and void. The, the Hebrew there is tohu vubohu. It means chaotic. It means exactly, exactly what it says, without form and void or completely deconstructed. There's, there's no form. There's no structure. There's, there's just chaos. There's wind. There's darkness. There's all this stuff. And we try to run from that. We try to push that away. We try to avoid those things. But according to the alchemists and according to the mystics, this is the first stage of turning lead into gold inside you. This is the first stage of deification and apotheosis, which means becoming that divine human, discovering your own divinity. And it's a stage you can pass through at various different times. In fact, we will pass through it in various different stages of our life. And so for a few years now, I've been in this stage of without form and void. And so when I say the pandemic and shutting down what we were doing before with the Awakening Center and the church, came at a good time for me because it coincided what was happening externally corresponded or coincided with what was going on internally because I, I began to have this this growing realization that I was no longer the person that I was and I did not initiate this. I mean, only a fool would stand up and say, I'm going to completely deconstruct everything internally and externally so that I can be recreated, I can be transformed into something else. And I knew that what I was doing before with the church and pastoring and, and preaching and the way I was preaching and the things I was preaching and the things I was thinking, I knew I didn't fit that old form. As long as we had the structure of Sunday mornings and we had the building and we had church services and we had Bible studies, it was, I, I couldn't fully enter into that Negrito stage. I couldn't fully enter into that stage of without form and void so that something else could be formed and filled and transformed and released that would be of an improved quality, lead into gold. You see it? So with the shutdown and all that stuff, it gave me this time to embrace this Negrito process, to embrace this alchemical process. And again, this is this is kind of a crazy stage to be in because everything you knew before has become formless. Everything that filled you before has become void. But it's also important to realize that this is the stage of infinite potentiality and infinite possibility. Because as long as you are stuck in a form and filling of what you had before, you will keep perpetuating and repeating those patterns because you're stuck in that form and filling. And so the only way to get what you've never had is to do what you've never done. But in order to do what you've never done, for it to be congruent, for it to come from your heart, for it to come from a place of deification and apotheosis and power and real creativity, like it's not enough to just have earth, wind, fire and water and chaos and darkness. You have to bring in that divine element of creativity, that that vibration of creativity. And so God, in the beginning, there's infinite possibilities for formation and filling, but you have to come down to ground zero before you can do that. So this is not a negative or a bad process at all. It's an uncomfortable process. Sure, it's a process of deconstruction and loss, just exactly what Paul was talking about. I forsook the old me, the old form of who I was, a Hebrew, uh, uh, a Pharisee, zealous persecuting the church, all of that became rubbish. All of that became deconstructed. All of that became without form and void. That's that Negrito process so that I can enter into this gnosis or this other mystical process. And I could come into this place when we embrace this place of in the beginning, when we embrace this process of Negrito, then what we're doing is we're setting ourselves, we're, we're deconstructing the forms that we were. Uh, they're being completely put into a place of chaos and darkness. <laughs> and 
but it's the place of creativity. It's the place of infinite possibility for something new to come forth, for that lead to be transformed into gold. And so here I am leading a group of people through this gnosis, and I'm walking into this gnosis process. I'm walking into this this area of chaos and darkness, which, by the way, you see from all the mystics in the Bible. Abraham, I was thinking about this today. Abraham, leave your country, leave your father's house, leave everything that's familiar to you. Come out of your comfort zone, and I will bless you, and you'll be a blessing. And when in Genesis chapter 15, when he encounters the divine, it says that darkness and terror and a deep sleep came over him. And you'll find this to be a consistent theme. Anybody that encountered the divine in the Bible, it was preceded by this state of chaos and darkness. Even the children of Israel, it says when they went out into the wilderness, that the wilderness was, watch this, tohu vubohu. It uses the same Hebrew word that as they were following the cloud into the wilderness, they were going into a place of chaos. They were going into a place of no form or filling. They were going into a place of no water. They were going into a place of no sustenance, no food. Everything that was familiar to them had to be stripped and taken away from them so that they could enter this transforming process. So when you're leading people and you're going into this negrito, you're going into this dark, deconstructed, formless and void stage, it's not really shocking or surprising that people don't want to follow you. <laughs> or that people get mad at you, or that people get upset with you, right? And so I've been sort of walking through this process, and this last year gave me this time to go more deeply into this process and examine things more deeply, examine my true heart values, examine, uh, I think I saw Doug Wentz uh, put a comment up there about you know, leaving this constructed fundamentalist life and entering into organic life. Like, like having the freedom to say, okay, I'm no longer this. I'm no longer that. I'm no longer this form. I'm no longer filling this form or fulfilling this role or being who people want me to be in their lives to meet their needs. And so I'm going to embrace my full self. I'm going to embrace my shadow self. I'm going to embrace my organic life. I'm going to embrace the things that I've struggled with, the things that I've suppressed, suppressed emotional content. All it, It's all going to come to the surface and it's all going to be laid out on this face of the deep, this, this chaotic, these chaotic waters, and it's going to be incubated and hovered over and vibrated by the Spirit of God because I'm going to keep engaging with the Spirit of God. So one of my problems, one of my issues with Orthodox Christianity, and one, one of the things that Orthodox Christianity has done to us and has done to people, while it resonates with people in the West more so than anything else, and there is deep, rich tradition and truth there, but orthodoxy has said that you cannot have or know relationship with God outside of what they tell you to believe. If you want to know God, if you want to have gnosis, if you want to have experience, if you want to have life, you have to fit our mold and our pattern. And so when that's being deconstructed, the people that are still in that form filling, still in that spiritual formation, fulfilling those roles, and they want to perpetuate that, um, obviously, they begin to view you as their enemy. And here's the problem. We say that God is locked into one form and filling. And then we judge these other forms, other religions, other traditions, other experiences that people have. And we say, no, that can't be valid because it's got to look like this because this is God's word for all time. And that's the problem with it. It prevents people, it, it literally prevents people from being able to have their own gnosis. So I talked about tarot two weeks ago, and I get up this morning, and somebody from Oklahoma, I, I don't know who this guy is, but he comments on my on my page, he says, so you're an atheist now. See, any, I'm not an atheist, I've never been an atheist. I, I recognize the transcendence, I recognize the higher realms of the spirits, I recognize that this physical material world is not all that there is. I, I can't even post on the religious trauma recovery page anymore because I trigger all the atheists every time I post because I want to maintain 
my experiences with God, and I want to keep engaging those higher realms and those higher regions of the spirit, seeking integration with these lower realms, right? So here's the sad part about it. So you have these Johnny-come-latelys, and here's what I mean by this. We're seeing a lot of people are awakening. They don't want fundamentalism. They're not necessarily willing to embrace the fullness of what is the New Age movement or Eastern paths or Eastern tradition traditions. So we have this group of people who have deconstructed from Christianity who um, are now, you know, they're all about ascension. They're all about vibration. They're all about maintaining high vibes and love and light and all this stuff. And one of the things they say from the very beginning, they, they try to build on this, this platform of non-judgment. In fact, they'll tell you that the tree of life is a place of judgment, that Adam lost himself, that Adam and Eve died because they ate at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They ate at this place of judgment. And so they'll say the way out of this is... To be non-judgmental. But if you put on display your, your chaotic, formless, void self, if you're in this stage, they call it a low vibration and they say you have not ascended and they start putting out judgmental posts and don't even realize they're being judgmental. And one of the problems, this is in the psychological literature about spiritual trauma. One of the things that we do is we try to bypass life. We try to bypass the, the hardships, the, the, the terribleness of the human experience, the, um, the more painful side of life by escaping it through a thing called spiritual bypass. Which before was walking in the spirits, just pray about it, just believe, just confess. Well, now it's become just ascend, just let go, just let go of this earthly platform that you're in, and just ascend and take off. And don't concern yourself with social injustices. Don't concern yourself with what's going on. In fact, They will call it evil. They will call it wrong. And I get it, because we don't want to look at that side of life. We have a natural tendency to not want to look at that. We have a natural tendency to not want to be our brother's keeper. We have a natural tendency, when there are injustices and bloodshed of our brothers and sisters, to want to bury it in the sand like Cain, which Cain can represent a type of false spirituality. Where, whether we perpetuated the act or not, we were witnesses to the act and to the bloodshed. And we want to bury it and cover it over and ignore the voice that's crying out for justice. We ignore the voice that's crying out for justice. We ignore the bloodshed and we go out and build a city. And if anyone hears those cries of Abel, right? Anybody hears the cries of the oppressed, of... uh, the experiences of black people in our country or Native American people in our country. I mean, every civilization, it's right there in the the beginning, every civilization is founded, every civilization, every civilization, none of us are exempt from it, does not matter our ethnicity or the color of our skin. All of our ancestors somewhere built what they built On the bloodshed of someone else. Cain killing Abel. Then trying to bury it. Deny that we are our brother's keeper. And pretend. That those cries are not ascending. (laughs) To the heavens. That the cries of the oppressed. The. 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 the, uh, Jewish slaves in Egypt, when God says the groaning, my people have been groaning by reason of their bondage, their limitations, their social oppression. Those cries have come up to me. And Moses, I'm bringing you into the burning bush. I'm bringing you into this ascended place. I'm bringing you into this powerful place, but not just to hang out with me. 
not just to keep your vibration high. And not just to be on holy ground, but I'm going to send you back into the place of bondage. I'm going to send you back into the place of Egypt to be a voice of reckoning that's going to topple the system. It's going to topple the system so that there's equality. I mean... Understand, Israel did not just come out of Egypt free from the slavery. Israel came out of Egypt with Egypt's wealth. There's a total transference of wealth. That was the act of a mystic. So where I'm at, and this doesn't have to be where everybody else is at. I don't expect it to be where everybody else is at. But where I'm at, what I'm hearing, the sound that I'm hearing, is a sound of integration, a sound of ascension, a sound of mysticism, where we can have these encounters with the divine, and we can take the rich resources, we can transcend, yes, by all means transcend the ways of the earth the ways of society, the ways of materialism, the ways of wealth and racism and <clears throat> legalism and judgment, transcend the tree of knowledge. Encounter the divine. Become equipped in that place. But realize that the earth is where it's at right now. It's where we're at. And then somehow be able to bring those resources out of the heavenlies in order to use those resources, not just for yourself to be transcendent. Guys, I hadn't planned on talking about this at all today. But this is where it's coming from in, the, in my spirit today. <clears throat> to be able to transcend all that stuff. And then bring those resources to bear upon what is unjust and unbalanced in our society, but there are voices out there, good friends of mine, people I love and respect, who will rebuke me, judge me, challenge me, get angry, they'll pray and prophesy about peace and unity, and they're becoming just like the prophets in Jeremiah's day, who dress the wound of my people as though it's not serious, and peace they say when there is no peace. And they have the potential to become the real shamans, to become the real healers, to become the real prophets. But instead of that, they're bypassing. They're turning a blind eye. They're turning a deaf ear. They're not willing to do the reckoning within themselves. And then even if they do the reckoning within themselves, they don't want to be a voice for it because it's ugly and it's nasty and it's dark and it's chaotic and it's swampy and it's fiery and it's windy. <laughs> But that's what the voice I'm hearing. Not, not this voice that says I gotta escape, but this voice of integration that says let's ascend, let's, let, let's, let's achieve apotheosis, let's, let's bring forth the divine light, let's bring forth the light that's within us, let's, let's access these resources from the heavenlies, but then let's be the real healers, let's be the real shaman and the real prophets, <clears throat> and the real voice for change, and ignore the rest of the noise. So through this process, this is one of the things that's been really tough for me. I'm going to be really transparent with you. Through this process, it's like, is there anybody, and I know you guys that are so faithful to watch me, and I, I so appreciate every single one of you. I appreciate you so much. But I'm thinking locally, because locally my voice caused such a vibration that it created a dissonance with everybody, for the most part, with, with the exceptions of those of you that are watching that are here local. But with the, with the, the majority of the folks, it created such a dissonance that there's just been trouble <laughs> for me, for my family on, on every side. And I get it. I'm not, I'm not angry, even though people think I'm angry. I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm not judging. I'm, I'm, I've been hurt for sure. But that's part of life. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit around and say, oh, I've been hurt and use that as justification to be an asshole. 
like we think, seem to think is okay. You know, like people will condescend to you. They will speak down to you. They will challenge you. They will correct you. And then when you stand up for yourself, they'll go on Facebook and play the victim. Oh, I, I, you know, so-and-so's mad at me. I lost my friends, all that stuff. And not everybody does that. Some people are just, you know, using their Facebook page to process or whatever. I've certainly done that. But there is that side of I'm going to be an asshole, and then when you respond, I'm going to play the victim. It's, it's a trap. It's, it's sort of a mental trap that we get, that we get stuck in. But so, but it seems like like I like I don't fit with the love and light group because I just can't, I just can't try to be all love and light because that's not the reality of the world. I can't just keep my mouth shut about social injustices that still need reckoning. I I can't. I'm for the individual empowerment and freedom. As long as it's equitable freedom that is capitalism and conservative, but not without social responsibility, not without being my brother's keeper, not without a community awareness and community responsibility. So people misunderstand me because I, I won't take the pandemic lightly. Like, well, the, the death rate is only 3%. But here's the thing, right? Like, it's the weakest among us. Like, people think it was, and I'm, I'm going to upset more people with a biological weapon. You want to take out their strength, not their weakness. So for me, what's troubled in this pandemic, the reason that I speak my mind, but I have a sense of community responsibility and a sense of responsibility to the weakest among us. So I'm going to wear a mask, even, you know, breathing in your carbon dioxide, and that's going to mess you up because... You know, tell that to a brain surgeon or a heart surgeon. Next time you go in for heart surgery, or God forbid, you should need heart surgery or brain surgery, make sure you tell your surgeon not to wear a mask. And I just had a bunch of people pop off. Because, see, they don't want to, sometimes, I think we don't want to deal with the randomness of life. But even if that were the case, I feel a sense of responsibility to protect the weakest repeatedly. Being killed oppression and just keep my mouth shut. I, I, I just, I just can't do it. <laughs> you know, I, I can't talk to many of you that are my, that are my black friends. I mean, one of the things I did this year was I engaged in conversations. Let's, let's talk about this stuff. Let's, let's engage. And I didn't let myself get triggered and I didn't let myself react. And I go, oh, all lives matter. Like that's marginalizing. That's dehumanizing. It's no empathy or compassion. It's not really listening. It's not really understanding. It's not really being part of the solution. When you, when you react like offensiveness out of your white fragility, you're part of the problem. You may not see it, but you're part of the problem. And I, and I, and I'm not just going to embrace, I'm not going to throw out science. See, so, so the movement among Christians, specifically some Christian teachers, and I love and respect them. But they're going to tell you somehow that the right side of your brain, the intuitive, spiritual, imaginative, and emotional side of the brain is where you want to get to. You want to ascend and sit on the right side. And so people that are pulled in that direction will negate the left side of logic and reason and science. So a lot of people that are love and light, a lot of people that are disengaging from religion, build this presupposition that religion that they left, that fundamentalism, is entirely about control, manipulation, corruption, excuse me, and the abuse of power. And they say, if this system's corrupt, then they'll look at the scientific community and say it's corrupt. They'll look at the political system and say it's corrupt. They'll look at the financial system and say it's corrupt. But let's look at medicine. They'll look at the medical system and say the entire thing's corrupt. They'll make a generalization. It's really the same spirit as racism, only you're not using... Maybe racism is too strong a word. It's, It's the same spirit as prejudice... It's the bigotry. They become bigoted not against people of color. They become bigoted against anyone who's part of the system or speaks for the system. And they use their confirmation biases to ignore 
vast amounts of scientific research and automatically discount it and say, no, those that are outside the system are somehow pure. Therefore, their science is correct. So they will search high and low and long and wide and far to find voices that confirm what they already decided they believed, say, for instance, about the vaccine. It's a new vaccine. I get people's trepidation about it. I believe you should have the right to make the choice whether or not you should be vaccinated or not. I think you should weigh your community responsibility with that. But they're so damn evangelistic. Like they want to convert you. And, and, and they decided before the vaccine ever came out that they were against the vaccine. So they look for anybody who will confirm what they believe. That's not me. Because I want to balance logic, language, and science. And here's the other thing. I don't believe every system is just corrupt. There is corruption in every system. There is corruption in the financial system. There is corruption in politics. There is corruption in the medical system. There is corruption in the alternative health systems. There is corruption in science. There is agendas, and there is all that stuff. But that's not... I can't just generalize that with a sort of prejudicial generalization and check my brain at the door. I just can't do it. Or check my sense of community responsibility at the door. I just can't do it. So for me, getting vaccinated wasn't just about my health. It was about the community. And, 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 and so fear is a low vibration. So we're not afraid of the, 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 the virus. We, we build our immune systems using alternative forms of health and we'll be okay, but not everybody's there, but yet you're afraid of the vaccine. It makes no sense to me. Now, I'm not trying to be critical or harsh of anybody. I'm just telling you where I'm coming from. I'm using my voice, right? You are free to disagree, and we can still be friends, and we can still work together on the things that we agree about. I'm just telling you that through this last year, like I'm, I've been alienated from the love and light community. I've been alienated from the law of one community especially. I've been alienated from the fundamentalist Christian community. And so I'm just like, God, do, do I even continue? Do I even keep going forward? Like, what is, what is, is there a group of people out there that say, okay, we've got two hemispheres to our brain. We've got the intuitive, spiritual, emotional, imaginative side, which is where fantasy comes from, which is where daydreaming comes from. And I'm going to say this. There is a form of unreality that also comes with that. And if you don't know how to navigate and, go and, and work through that, you can start out with the intention to be spiritual and engaging the right side of your brain and end up in complete unreality. So especially if you don't balance it with the left side and bring in language and logic and cognition and, and all that stuff, but also... Understanding that this creation is a whole system. And I'm going to talk about Kabbalah in a moment because I'm going to be offering a course on the, the Kabbalah. I'm going to be offering a couple courses I'll be telling you about before I'm done. But Kabbalah, let's, let's just go there. Kabbalah is an interesting system. It has what's called the tree of life. At the very top of the tree of life is a sphere of energy or power, known as Kether. And this is the place of pure, undifferentiated spirit. This is where your Eastern mystics are trying to get to. This is where a lot of your New Age, Love and Light people are trying to get to. They just want to, mystics are trying to get, they just want to get into Kether. They just want to get into this place of bliss and love and light, and they want to lose themselves. They want to lose their egos they want to lose their sense of separation, and they want to abide in this sphere of Kether. It's at the very top, and it's from that place that light and grace and power flows. And then that flows down through 10 concentric circles and 32 paths, and it ends at the bottom at Malkuth. And the word Malkuth means the kingdom. Really, it's the queen, it's the queendom. Because it's feminine, it's the queendom. So you have the masculine principle of initiation flowing out of Kether. So in other words, 
in the beginning, we were all part of this undifferentiated unity that was a kether. Why is every? It makes no logical sense. See, I'm bringing in logic. It makes no logical sense to just try to get back there and abide there. Rather, it's from that place of kether that divine grace, and I'm using that term non-religiously, where the giving and the flowing, the creative, that's the place of in the beginning God, right? And then from that place, there's pouring forth power and light and love and and all of creation, all of the creative faculties and and limitless light of God is pouring forth from that place through ten other spheres. But the receiver, the receptacle of all of that, and the word Kabbalah means to be the receiver. When God sent forth the light, he was looking for the receiver. And so the kingdom, the queendom, Malkuth, the bride, that's the bride, not the church. The receiver of all of that is the world of action, the physical plane. So everything from all of the nature of God on the tree of life is pouring into this physical realm. And we are physical beings. That's why Paul could say we have this treasure in earth and vessels. And so the tree of life gives you a mechanism through the 32 paths and the 10 sethoroths and the three pillars to ascend into the higher realms of the spirit, engage with the various different aspects of the energies of God, engage with the 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 divine nature that's there, engage with the archangels and the angels and everything that's there, and then bring that down into the world of action for the purpose of change and transformation. And it's one whole system. And in Kabbalah, uh, uh, Kether is not to be valued above Malkuth. And say, in fact, they say that Kether is in Malkuth and Malkuth is in Kether, meaning that there is a marriage, there's a harmonization and a balance and a bringing together of these two things. And Kabbalah goes, this system of Jewish Christian mysticism goes all the way back to Babylon and before the time of Christ and maybe even back before that, maybe even all the way back to Egypt. It's hard to say. But definitely for sure, there was a system of mysticism in the ancient Near East that honored this kind of Concept. Any of you that have read the Kabbalion, the Kabbalion is based on Kabbalistic teachings and truth. And my goal was to kind of get into the Kabbalion today, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. So that's where I'm at, right? Like I'm not, I've not given up on God. I've not given up on the divine. I've not thrown out everything. I'm not an atheist, I'm not a materialist, I'm not just logic and science and worshipping science and blind and following all of that. But at the same time, I'm not just going to be spiritual, I'm not just going to abide in the upper regions on the tree, which if you take my class on the tree of life that I'm going to get to in a minute, this will make a whole lot more sense to you. I'm not just going to try to get up there and get away and, and untethered and disengaged. I want to honor this ancient system and ancient tradition because it's such a beautiful system of ascending and descending and bringing in beauty and grace and love and power and passion and light and healing and knowledge and wisdom, the prophetic, but not divorced from humanity, not divorced from social justice, not divorced from the nature of things not divorced from the earth, not divorced from materialism, not the intuitive and spiritual divorce from the linear and the logical. So not atheism that's totally in the left side of the brain or not sort of this Johnny-come-lately spiritual bypassing New Age mysticism, at least that's how I see it, that just wants to be on the right side, but a blending and a bringing together of all of that into this wonderful system. And I just, I, I, so, so, so that's where I'm at. So I've taken the last six or seven years, really the last, really the last decade, very much last, this last year, like sorting out, like, like things have taken form and filling for me. And I think 
that maybe there's a company of people that share the same passions, that are not afraid to be outside of that box, that are not afraid of, that, that are not just looking to have to fit in everywhere. Maya Angelou had a quote that's gotten me through this last, this process. She said, uh, I belong to everyone and I belong to no one. Or basically, I'm my own tribe. <laughs> but there's got to be a place for this, right? So what I've been able to do is find a system that has allowed me to retain the best of what I had when I was in charismatic Christianity. Shed the parts that were traumatic. Heal from those parts. Shed the philosophies that would keep me imbalanced on one side or the other, just trying to ascend or not totally disconnected from God. That becomes inclusive. That allows, and I may not have gotten that quote from Maya Angelou exactly right, but I got the spirit of it. Thank you for putting that up, Michelle. But that allows for this integration of your whole being, that allows for this apotheosis, that allows for individual journeying and expressing, because that's what Gnosis is about. It's about your experience, your knowledge, but it gives us a map, it gives us a pathway to sort of, move forward. So what I want to do is I want to and I'm going to be, be starting this. I'll be posting uh, the information and after this video sometime today. I'm still finishing it up. But in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be starting partly because I haven't learned something. I learned something through this process on social media. Jesus, don't cast your pearls before swine. And he said, the reason you don't cast your pearls before swine is because if you cast your pearls, what's valuable to you, what's, what's been, what's the, the, the treasure that has been birthed, think about it, a pearl is birthed through the suffering of the oyster. A piece of sand gets in the oyster and it, 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 it starts a process, an irritation that starts a process. And for whatever reason, my purpose in life Something I agreed to do when I came here was to be a sand kicker, <laughs> to irritate the fuck out of people, <laughs> to drop ideas and words and bombs and put sand in there, but not for the purpose of being irritable, irritating, not for the person, like I said, not to be an asshole, but to help people to begin to form those pearls. So if somebody hadn't put the irritants in me, I'd still be doing the same things. Like without irritation, Without the grains of sand getting inside the the oyster, there's no process of transformation. There's no negrito. There's no alchemical transformation. There's no change. Everybody just stays lockstep into their form and filling and pattern, just repeating it over and over and over again, right? So I had somebody that that, you know, Lots of somebody's that put a lot of sand in there. And through this process for me, there have been some pearls that have been formed, but I haven't talked about them. I haven't opened up the shell. Because Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine, and he tells you why not to do it. He says, because they will turn on you and tear you to pieces. And I'm going to tell you something. I have had the... Worst season of spiritual warfare in the last month, month and a half. Because I have put too many of my pearls out there. And people, I'm not calling them swine. I don't think they're not swine in the, in the sense that they're just terrible people. They're not, it's not that at all. They don't have a nature or a resonance, or a correspondence to recognize that what they're receiving has value and beauty and worth. And so as a result, 
and experiencing and your own pathway to gnosis and also to be able to bring integration and balance and all those things. <clears throat> but you got to value it. It's got to be pearls to you. And the only way I can know that it's pearls to you, I mean, yes, I need to make some money. I'm not lying about that, but there's lots of things I could do. I don't have to do this. Um, there's many different avenues that I could pursue. And I thought about just going into full-time counseling with my own counseling practice to help supplement what I'm doing with my full-time job. Um, I've got somebody, I don't know if I have permission to say who, <laughs> but you know who you are, who's helping me write a book. Um, so i got to make time for that. I mean, there's there's lots of other things I could do. So it's not just about the money. It's about the value that someone's willing to put on the resonance that they're feeling with the things that I'm saying. Does that make sense? So I'll be charging, but gosh, guys, compared to some of my friends, what they're charging for their stuff is really reasonable and cheap. So the first class that I'm going to be doing, and again, I'll put more information out on this, and if you're interested in these classes, please, 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 Hit me up on Messenger so that I can make sure, don't just comment, hit me up on Messenger so that I can make sure that you get the information for it. They're all going to be online. One, I am going to teach live at the Awakening Center here in town. So if you're local and you want to come out for that, it's going to be on Wednesday nights. It's not going to start this Wednesday. It's going to start the following Wednesday. And it's only going to be two times a month from 7 to 8.30, twice a month on Wednesdays. And we're going to go for three months. So it's going to be six classes. I'm going to stream that live to a private Facebook group for everyone that wants to partake in the class. So you'll get an invitation to the Facebook group, and you can watch it live, or you can go back just like with this and watch it later, but it'll be a private group, and it'll be a hidden group. Um, and that's how you'll get, you'll get access to those videos. But it's going to be metaphysical mysteries. And what I'm going to do in this class, metaphysical mysteries, I'm going to take the left side and the right side and bring it together. I'm going to take everything I've studied from shamanism, uh, the Kabbalah, the Bible, Christian mysticism. Well, not everything. I can't do everything in six weeks, but I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a coherent philosophical system that will correspond with Christian mysticism, shamanism, Kabbalah, Western mystery traditions, some aspects of Luciferianism. Science, what science is saying now, cutting edge science like Dr. Hoffman and there's this other guy out there, I can't remember his name, he's Dutch, uh, who's, taught, who's a quantum physicist talking about the nature of reality, uh, some of the stuff that Greg Braden's done on the field, uh, the divine matrix, looking at scientific experience, uh, experiments and scientific theories that blend perfectly with ancient spirituality so that we can find this balance. Uh, and then with that, I'm going to talk about the origins of humanity, some things about history that we lose if we're just fixated on biblical history and biblical historical accounts. Some things about the origin of humanity. Um, I haven't said how much yet because, honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm a terrible, terrible self-promoter and self-marketer, but I'll, I'll get I'll get it out there. Uh, and 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 so science and history, the left side of the brain, with spiritual traditions that are proven down through the generations, where these things agree and how we can blend them together. With that, looking at the seven Hermetic principles of the Kabbalion, going into some kind of depth of understanding about those seven key principles of uh, the Kabbalion, which maybe I'll do next week in my live video, because I, I meant to get there today, and I, I didn't. So that's going to be metaphysical mysteries, and it's going to be part of what I'm calling Moving Beyond Religion School of the Spirit. It's going to be a part of the School of the Spirit. So the goal is to do classes on energy and energy work, to do classes on energy and energy healing, to do classes on psychic gifting, to do cl classes on shamanic journeying, all that stuff, 
but I want to lay a good foundation to build upon for the rest of the classes. So this will be the first course in a series of courses, if there's enough interest, that will be a school of the spirit. Um, and I'm calling it Metaphysical Mysteries. I want to say it's like $450, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on that for sure. Um, did an instant message me. And the second class that I'm doing, I'm doing only online. So that one I'm going to do live. So if you're in Pueblo and you want to come out, if there's nobody there, I'll have enough that I can stream it, right? And I'll just be streaming from the church building. But at least we got to start using it, got to start engaging with the Awakening Center and the building and stuff again. I'm, I just feel really convicted about that. I need to get out there and start doing that stuff again. We may eventually go back to doing something consistently on a weekly basis. So this is going to be kind of a soft opening for those of you that are local, the three of you that are watching. <laughs> and anybody else that may want to come out for it, I believe on the 15th. So Saturdays, so the 15th, so not this, twice a month, uh, probably for an hour and a half, a little bit more flexibility there on the Saturday one. I've already got three or four people signed up for that one. Um, 4 p.m. on Saturdays. It will be recorded, so if you can't make it to the live teaching, it's going to be a Zoom call. Not going to be streamed on Facebook at all. Not going to be part of a Facebook group. It's going to be a Zoom call. So we're going to be using the Tree of Life. In both of these courses, the Metaphysical Mysteries is going to be a little bit more heavily weighted this one is going to be a little bit more heavily weighted towards the left side of the brain, but it's going to lay a foundation for some of the other work that we're going to do when we get into doing energy work and other things that we're going to be doing in the School of the Spirit. The Tree of Life course is going to be some, I mean, obviously giving the explanation and the understanding of the, but also it's going to be very interactive and meditative so we'll be using meditation, visualization, meditation exercises, visualization exercises, and vibration so that you can experience the tree, so that you can climb the tree and integrate with the tree and begin to have interaction and experiences with that. And that's going to be a lot more of the sort of right brain, intuitive, imagination, visualization to try and um, <laughs> the uh, the bugs in the building if we have to, because we're starting. I mean, I'm starting something fresh. I'm starting. Really feel like this is the path that God is leading me, and I've been fighting it. I've been dragging my feet, but I feel like this is the direction that I need to go. When I talk about just doing counseling that kind of stuff, I love working with people, helping people, but I just die inside. Um, when I think about helping people engage and spiritual reality and experience the transcendence and the numinous and the supernal, I come alive. So, two people, no people, just me. I know there will be two or three or four people there. Uh, you know, we'll just do it, and it'll be good. It'll be fun. And then anybody online that wants to do that. So, again, instant message me if you're interested in that. The one class is going to begin. It'll be a, a private face group book, live streaming. It'll be live in the building. Start. Starting 7 p.m. Mountain Daylight. And the daylight part is important because Arizona doesn't change their clocks, so they're still on Mountain Standard Time. So if I just say Mountain Time, it'd be confusing. Uh, so 7 p.m. Uh, on the 12th, and then we'll go like the 26th, the 9th. Just kind of keep going every other week until we get through um, six of the classes there. And then the other one is going to start. Um, May 16th, and it's going to run for five months. Well, it'll be 10 classes. It's going to run for five months, and I, I don't remember the price on that one. I think it was like $750 for 10 classes on that one. <clears throat> so, um, so there you go. There's, there's my offering. There's what I, I put out for you guys. Uh, again, if you're interested, uh, please, uh, instant message me. If this live video went well and there was no breaking up, I kind of lost myself in myself and wasn't paying attention to the, the, the comments. Um, but I will, uh, I'll go back and look at them. If this one came out good, then I, I plan on continuing to do these on Sunday mornings. Again, like I said, we may eventually transition back into something on Sundays, but it's important for me that I just re-engage the old form uh, and go backwards. 
very important for me that I go forward. So I've been going long today. I didn't get into any of my content. I was going to talk about the seven principles of the uh, hermetic principles of the Kabbalion. Um, but I'll save that for the class. So thank you guys so much for if you can't take the classes. If I've been giving you pearls, um, then please uh, help us. We do have our building, which we have to keep going, um, insurance payments and stuff like that. Um, and we've been without an income there pretty much for about a year. So uh, except for those of you that have been giving. Uh, I was shocked when I looked at the 2020. I was sh- shocked. So when I say we were without an income, that's not true. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. It just meant we're not opening up and taking consistent offerings every Sunday. There have been many of you that have been supporting us monthly, and you have pulled us through this last year for sure, um, absolutely pulled us through this last year. So I deeply, deeply appreciate that. Forgive me for misspeaking there. I was actually shocked how much we were able to bring in online in 2020, significantly, significantly, significantly lower than what we did in previous years. So that's where I was coming from with that, but I need to clarify that. I apologize again for that. Um, <clears throat> But I'm going to go ahead and put the give link. It's at the theawakeningcenter.org, and you can click on the give there, and we have a PayPal account. Thank you for your support. Thank you for hanging in there with me. I'm looking forward to the future, and uh, I just believe, I believe with all my heart, there is a company of people that are resonating on the level that we are vibrating, and uh, we can do something that is very unique that nobody else, I know of nobody else that is doing we're offering what we are doing. Um, I have another friend that I'm going to be collaborating with, um, but I don't want to say too much about that because I haven't worked out the details and didn't get his permission to mention that yet. So I want to throw it out there. But I do have another friend um, who's into this stuff, and uh, we're going to do some collaboration stuff to also bring forth some more stuff on Facebook, like some more Facebook Lives and stuff like that. You probably won't see me doing lives with some of the people I was. Derek. Day, Freeology Friday, if you can catch that on Friday nights um, at 5 p.m. or 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. He's in Arizona, so it's 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, all these time changes. But anyway, if you go to my page or if you're friends with Derek, you go to Derek's page, you can catch uh, what we're doing on Freeology Friday. This Friday, I think we're going to be talking about how to do research and how to do critical thinking. So I think that will be really important. So anyway, God bless you. Love you guys. Uh, thanks for the support. Those of you that disagree with me, I especially love and appreciate you if you're staying connected with me and supporting me and encouraging me. Uh, I know I'm not going to find anybody that agrees with me on every issue, for sure. So I appreciate those of you that can tolerate where we disagree and uh, and stay in harmonization and walk with us and where we agree. So have a great day, guys. Love you all. God bless you.